Hello, friends, and welcome to the U-Turn Podcast. This is your host, Ashley Stahl. I'm a career expert, a speaker, a best-selling author of the book, U-Turn. Get unstuck, discover your direction, design your dream career. And I created the U-Turn book and the podcast as a place to help you connect to who you truly are at your core. And that's why every single week, I want to bring a guest on with the intention of helping you expand what's possible for you, both in your confidence, whether it's in work or love, and just in life in general. So let's get into this week's episode. Hi, friends. I know that you love the love category of the U-Turn podcast. What's there to not love about love? And that's why I'm so excited to bring Jamie Bronstein on to the show. She's an LCSW, a relationship coach, an author, and a speaker. She was actually named the number one relationship coach, Transforming Lives by Yahoo Finance. She also is the host of Love Talk Live on LA Talk Radio. Her work has been featured in pretty much every outlet. You name it, she's been in it. She got her bachelor's in psych at Boston University and a master's in psych from NYU and spiritual psychology, just like I did at the University of Santa Monica, which is one of the most mystical places I've ever been. And she is just an expert at helping her clients find love and heal and create the relationships that they truly want to create. And she has a book coming out, which is so exciting. Uh, Jamie, without further ado, thanks for coming on. This episode has been sponsored in part by our friends over at Soul CBD. This is the only CBD company I've come to trust with my well-being. They have absolutely zero THC in their products. They're organically farmed, gluten-free, very minimal in sugar. And if you know me, you know that I absolutely love my sleep. And when I don't get it, I feel like my whole life, my, my day, my week is thrown off. And in times of stress, I've started to take Soul CBD's sleepy gummies before bed, and I absolutely swear by them. These little gummies have put my sleepless nights behind me, and they are delicious and fruity, and they feel like a little sweet treat at the end of the day that really help me sleep well. Their unique blend of CBD, CBN, and terpenes helps you fall asleep much faster, stay asleep longer, and improves your overall quality of sleep. So this is your new bedtime best friend. I specifically love taking them when I'm traveling to get me on a new time zone and ensure that I'm sleeping. So, of course, our friends over at Soul CBD have given us a discount code for 15% off your order. All you need to do is head on over to ashleystall.com slash soul. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-T-A-H-L.com slash S-O-U-L to access our special page with them. And don't forget to use the code U-TURN at checkout to get your discount. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited to just share, inspire, and do whatever I can just to help as much as I can. Yeah. I mean, I love that your book is called Manifesting, like very well done with the pun. And (laughs) I wanted to ask you today about like how people can move from like feeling kind of victimized, whether it's with dating or even in their relationship and moving into thriving. And what are some of those signs that, you know, you found the right person? Because I think the pandemic, you know, we both saw shook up people's mental health even more than usual. And I think a lot of people are in those questions in their relationship. Like, was this the right relationship for me? Is this the right marriage for me? Um, what do I really want and how do I know that I found what I want? So, I mean, so many questions I could ask you forever. Um, what got you into this work? Okay. So 
We'll start with what got me into this and then we'll do the victim mode and we'll do the, how do you know that it's the one? Okay. So I got, first of all, I have to say that I was born to do this work because my name in French means I love. J'aime, J apostrophe A-I-M-E means I love. So I feel like I was destined to do this work. Um, But I've always loved psychology from my first class in high school. I just knew that I was so intrigued by psychology. And then I got my master's, you know, I I had my bachelor's already in psychology and I was taking all different types of clients, but the ones that came in that either wanted a relationship were struggling with a relationship or going through a break or divorce. Those are the ones that I really gravitated to the most. So then I branded myself and I said, these are, these are my people, these are my clients. So that's really how it happened. And, and, um, I had plenty of years of dating before I met my husband, not until I was 34 years old. And my parents have been married for over 51 years. So I have a lot of just love in my life. So Mm -hmm. that's really how I got to where I am today. And now I've been doing this for 20 years, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's get into, yes, um, beautiful topic. So going from victim mode to thriving mode. The thing about victim mode is it's there are these negative narratives that you've been carrying with you throughout your life. I'm not worthy. This happened to me. I had horrible relationships. There are no good guys left. Whatever these stories are that are keeping you in victim mode are very the opposite of what's going to help you actually manifest love. Mm -hmm. So the way that we shift these negative narratives is we say what the truth is. Because the more that you are in these negative patterns and victim mode, the more that you will actually keep attracting that which will validate that you are not worthy of love. This happened to you. So this is going to be the trajectory of the rest of your life. So you really have to make a conscious effort to shift into more positive thriving mode into, I believe I'm worthy of love. The past was the past, but now I can create my present and my future. Mm. Let's answer that question. Mm, Beautiful. Okay. So obviously, you know, one thing that you learn a lot about in psychology, and I'm sure you're, you know, all too well think about these as patterns. And I think being in victim mode can kind of be a pattern. Like you just keep kind of creating these situations where you're like, how did this happen to me? Whereas looking at it, like I'm the common denominator, what am I doing to to create this? Um, I feel like a lot of people almost sense like they are cut off from their intuition when it comes to manifesting, love, dating, or just even being in their relationship and knowing what to ask for, which I feel like is key to fulfillment. Like if you know yourself, you can know what to ask for, and then you get what you need. And that's pretty fulfilling. And I feel like if you don't know yourself, you don't know what to ask for. Um, And intuition is such a part of that. So how do you recommend some people listening now hone their intuition when it comes to manifesting? This is my favorite topic. My favorite aspect of manifesting love is your intuition because it is the greatest gift that you can give to yourself. When you are in your integrity, when you live your life according to what your sacred yes is, what feels right to you, and you don't have to ask anybody else. And you always know the answer. You don't have to make yourself crazy. You don't have to talk yourself into a relationship. Just look inside and follow what that guidance is. Follow what that gut feeling is. You can never, you can never go wrong. And when we are in our integrity and we are practicing 
following our intuition, that is how we bring in that which is meant for us. We are in the flow of life when we are honoring what we feel inside. Our heart doesn't lie. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because when you get limiting beliefs or your self-esteem kind of plummets, it almost feels like there's like a force field that takes over your mind and your thinking. But it's interesting because your heart kind of feels impenetrable, like your heart always knows. And it's like, whatever low frequencies can get into your head, it doesn't seem like they can get into your heart because there's like this heart focused feeling that feels like it's protected. And and it's like your heart is where it is versus your mind can kind of be malleable and, and get weak or, or get scared. Um, what are some ways that you hone that intuition? Because I think a lot of people, they might hear a voice in their head and they don't know. For example, I dated a guy who was such a sweetheart. My intuition was that he didn't have the depth that I needed, which is like very insulting thing to say to his face, but that was kind of what I felt. Okay. Um, so yeah, I was dating someone and intuitively I was like, I don't know if he has the depth that I'm really looking for. And, um, and then come the third, fourth, fifth date, he like surprisingly brought his family without giving me a heads up. And I had to like leave on the fourth date because we were at a pool. We were having a pool date and literally his family members showed up without him telling me. And I was in this like kind of like edgy bikini for like a family time. Point being like, I ended the relationship there just thinking like, okay, I don't think this guy is a fit for me. Um, And then my intuition, you know, a few months later pulled me back towards him. Like he came back up on my mind how do you know when you're like just recycling something and you're like being pulled towards something or someone versus, I don't know, just being pulled into something out of, I don't know, loneliness, sadness, you know, nostalgia, whatever. Cause I think a lot of people go through, you know, looking at their past with nostalgia, looking for exes or, things like that. And it's like, is this intuition or are you just in pain and you miss the person, but it wasn't a fit? Like, how do you, what's your response to that? Well, it's interesting because my response has to do with lack versus abundance. So Mm -hmm. the scarcity and lack mentality would be saying to yourself, what if I never feel this again? Mm. What if there's not another guy, even though this guy isn't perfect and not everything I'm looking for, which you'll never get anyway, but I, you know, he did have all these great qualities. It's like you're rationalizing. And this is what our brain does. It it tries to rationalize and it tries to, like I said, talk ourselves into something when deep down we know it's like, if you closed your eyes and you asked yourself, do you think you came to this earth to be with this guy? Do you think that literally like up there before you came to this earth, you guys were put together? you would know that the answer was no. Yeah. And in, in spiritual psychology school, we learned about sacred yeses, right? Yeah. And so when you can, and then people are going to ask, well, how do you do this? When you can, and I'll explain, really hone in and strengthen that intuitive muscle to take away all of the, the noise, all of the noise that the ego, the brain, the mind tries to get in the way of your heart, you can take that away and you just tap into what really makes you happy and what is a sacred yes. It's it makes life so much easier. But what you did, I did it also. We've all done it. You know, it's very human. As as spiritual as we are, it's very, very human. Mm-hmm. 
I love that because I think there's a difference. Like there's our soul and then there's our human. It's like sometimes in spirituality, we kind of want to float off into the sky and identify with it when we're still in these human bodies, dealing with human things and navigating this human terrain. Um, Okay. So for anyone listening who wants to decipher whether they've really found their person, what are some signs that somebody has a really good potential for them? Okay. So these aren't going to be surfacey things. This is like from the heart things mm-hmm. that I've come up with from my own life and from my 20 years of experience. And also I'm making a documentary and I've been interviewing couples that have it, that have been together for many, many years. So the first thing that is the most important, and I'll explain it, is that you feel peace in your heart. And that can mean so many things to different people. But what it means to me is that there's no chaos going on in your brain. There's no wondering. There's no doubt. When you are with this person, you feel peace in your heart. And this person also brings you peace and solace versus there's lots of drama and fighting, things like that. You also feel at home with this person. And that can mean different things to different people. But to me, it means that that aspect of like of we were meant to be together feels like home, feels like this person is supposed to be in your life and brings you so much joy and happiness. You laugh a lot together. Um, You are intrigued by this person, which people don't think about a lot. But if you find yourself not really wanting to know about this person and or when they tell you stories about their life, you're like, eh whatever. It's, it's a little, and you end, it's a little something that people don't really think about, but you want to be truly intrigued by this person. And you just want to feel an overall feeling of, like I said, peace and joy. When it comes down to it, it's really simple. It's, do I feel like this is my person? Mm. And if it's a no, if it's, if there's doubt, it's just, it's not. Well, that's okay. So there's a couple questions around that. I have met some of the most incredible couples that had a lot of issues at the beginning of their relationship. There wasn't peace. There was something to be worked out and it got worked out. So how do you decipher between peace in your heart? Like we laugh a lot. I feel at home with this person and whoa, we just had an explosion on the fifth date and we need to talk about this thing. And it's a little uncomfortable and a little rocky right now. Would you just, cause it's, it, it is so real. Like what would your, how do you kind of decipher that? So such a good question for anybody who's listening, because I'm not saying that these couples that are meant to be are perfect. They're two imperfect people that, that are perfect for each other. I will say that these couples that you're talking about that had a lot of drama and co- conflict at the beginning and you'll have conflict forever, but just how you work through it. There was something when they met, there was something to fight for. They have had this deep connection that felt outer worldly. So that is the difference. So yeah, thank you for bringing this up because I definitely am not saying that these, that these couples just, you know, walk around with like sunshine around them all the time. <laughs> sunshine, like flying out of their ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but that's not human. That's not life. We need conflict. Conflict helps us to grow and learn about ourselves and each other. So I love that you're bringing this up. So my answer would be that these couples saw something to fight for, something in each other and in the relationship that was so deep and worth it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Okay. And 
I also want to ask you about attraction. Like, I know that sometimes it's a slow simmer. Like you talk about peace in your heart and you laugh a lot and you are intrigued. Um, I feel like you can have that with somebody, but also be like, can I have sex with you? I don't know. Like, do I feel attracted to you? So what's your take on like, like, for example, this is so embarrassing to admit, but there's like some guys I've gone out with where I'm like, with a beard, it's a yes. Without a beard, it's a no. Like, that's how funny attraction can be, no matter how incredible the person is. So it can feel so shallow. So like, what is your two cents on attraction in this process and what role it does or doesn't play? I love that you're bringing up the beard because my husband, first of all, I'm I'm a gruff. I'm a scruff. I love a little, like the perfect amount of scruff on a man. I love it. And my husband usually has it. And then sometimes he doesn't. <laughs> and um, and I, I do have a moment where I think to myself, hmm, definitely more attracted to you with the scruff. Um, luckily he has a scruff more often. And actually our son pointed out the other day, he's like, dad, what's going on? You look different. <laughs> Anyhow, I personally, and other therapists, coaches, relationship people might disagree with this. I personally feel like attraction is so important. Like I personally used to go to the bars, go to an event, and I would pick the tall, dark, and handsome guy in the room and I'd go up to him and talk to him. Because for me, I was so picky that I didn't know when the next one would come around. So I had to take advantage of that moment. Um, so attraction is so so important. And when you were talking, actually, it made me think about this guy when I was in college who was so wonderful. Like I knew that he had such great qualities and I tried, it was it kind of that situation that you were just explaining? Mm -hmm. I tried, but sexual attraction and sex is a really important part of a long lasting relationship. Unless two people decide we're going to have like a sexless marriage or it's just not part of our marriage. So personally, I would say if you're not, if you don't really want the person sexually, maybe that's not the person you want to spend your life with unless it's mutual. Mm, Okay. Yeah. It's funny. Like a couple people that I've had those sorts of connections with, it's like been a slow simmer. Like one of them was like, I don't know if I'm attracted to you. And then suddenly it was like, yes, I am. You know, like my last partner or something like that. So Attraction is such a mystery to me and a, and a fascination of mine. Um, like you can first meet someone and think no, and then you start talking, you're like, yes. Um, but so as long I'm, as you get the yes, that's what matters. Yeah. So maybe it takes a second or something like that. Yeah. Um, okay. I also want to talk about the chase. And I think this applies whether you're in a relationship or you're not. Like, I think there's a lot of gender role and and, and talk conversation around like who should chase who. Um, what is your take on those early dynamics and even later dynamics? Like every relationship has a dynamic with pace, right? Like maybe one person's ready for something, the other one's not. Maybe that's a pattern. Like one person's always ready for the next thing and the other person's not. Um, and, and then, you know, there's a chase to it. Um, what are your thoughts on chase and gender roles and all of that kind of stuff? Like, I love that you said you walked straight up to the man. And then I also think it's very real that like, I have better odds when I let someone pursue me. So you tell me what's your thoughts. So with my client, with my girl clients, I always tell them, you know, cause they, they, some, they have not necessarily heard this until they meet me. 
to give them permission to send the first message on an app or go up to the guy in person. I always say, do that and then let him take it from there. You know, for instance, like I met my husband on match.com before Mm -hmm. it was an actual, before it was an app, it was just a website. Mm -hmm. I sent a message to him. Now he hadn't even seen my profile. So it's kind of like in real life, like if you're at a bar, an event, at Starbucks, anywhere, the guy might not even, if we're talking guy, girl, the guy might not even see you, but he might be interested if you introduced yourself. So I'm a little conservative when it comes to, or like traditional when it comes to letting the man pursue, we're talking about heterosexual, letting the man pursue the woman. Um, But definitely at the beginning, if you want to take that chance and take that risk, you have nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. But I do like the idea of after that first initial, this, I'm introducing myself, here I am. Would you like to date me? You know, (laughs) then the guy taking it from there. And I, to be honest, I wasn't perfect with that because there were times where I just wanted, when my husband and I were dating, where I just wanted to see him. So I would get tickets for something and I'd say, oh, I have these tickets just because I wanted to see him. So I wasn't perfect with that. It obviously worked out. So there are no rules, but overall, like the overarching theme message is let the guy pursue you because he wants to, he wants to be able to have that role. So like allow him to. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. And, um, what are a few of the most important aspects that you think people need to cultivate when they're dating, when they're in a relationship or even people who are married now, like what are some, like a few things that they need to be working on and cultivating? So I've put together three, the most important three items that whether you are dating or you're in a relationship are consistent throughout your life. And this can apply to just life in general. So it's ATV and it is authenticity, trust, and vulnerability. So you want to be authentically you. That means showing up as you, as the soul that you were born as, with nothing else in the way. No attachment to the outcome, meaning you are going to say and do whatever is authentic to you and in your integrity, no matter what. So that's being authentic. T for trust. And this isn't just you need to trust the other person. This is actually trusting yourself. Mm-hmm. This is trusting how you feel. This is trusting what you want to say. This is just trust. It's trusting in the universe. Trust is such an important aspect. And then vulnerability. And the V also sometimes I use as value. So let's say vulnerability is it. The only reason why I don't use it all the time is because it's kind of similar to authentic, authenticity, but it's a little different. So vulnerability is just sharing who you are no matter what. Mm-hmm. Also, when you're in a relationship, it's, it's sharing with the other person how much you value each other. So the V can be, can be two things. Oh, I love that. Okay. And authenticity, like, I feel like we have many different selves, right? Like all all sorts of different selves. It can take so long to get to know someone, let alone to get to know yourself. Um, What words of advice do you have? I know it's so silly to almost say, how do you be authentic when it's like, there is no how you just be it. But what words of wisdom do you have for someone that might feel like that's intimidating? You know, like, how do I be me? 
in this crazy so, world. <laughs> as we've learned from spiritual psychology school, this is what I teach that to access your authentic self, you need to get past the barriers that are preventing you from accessing your authentic self. And those barriers are those negative narratives, those limiting beliefs. I'm not worthy of love. I'm not capable of love. Whatever it is that you're telling yourself that is keeping you from being you, you need to do this work. And I call it from spiritual psychology school, compassionate self-forgiveness. You need to say, what is basically, what is it that I'm, that I'm misbelieving? And then you go into the truth. So I forgive myself for misbelieving, for buying into the misinterpretation that I'm unworthy of love. What is the truth? Of course, I am worthy of love. Mm -hmm. So it's taking those judgments and misinterpretations and misbeliefs and then turning them into the truth. And this is an active process. This is a process. It's a practice. And it doesn't happen overnight. But it's kind of like going to AA. You have to be, you have to acknowledge there's a problem. Mm -hmm. And then start to be aware of it and start to incorporate it into your daily life. No matter where you are, you catch that thought and you shift it mm -hmm. into the truth. It's all about getting back to the truth because our ego, which is just trying to keep us safe from getting hurt or rejected or make, making ourselves bigger, keeps us tries to keep us small. It's doing the best it can, but we need to say, take a back seat. Mm -hmm. from your head to your heart and living from that place. Hey, U-Turners, this episode is sponsored in part by our friends over at Athletic Greens. And what I love the most about them is that their products are not only carbon neutral, but they taste amazing. I started taking Athletic Greens because I really wanted to get all the nutrients and vitamins possible in one swoop and I just couldn't bring myself to drink all those green vegetable smoothies that taste like the grass. So I wanted something that actually tastes good and was perfect for me. And I've been on Athletic Greens for a few weeks now and I am just loving it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. You know, it has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to every morning. And with one scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. So this really special blend of ingredients is so supportive for your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, anti-aging, all the things. Right now, it is so time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition especially as we're in flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. I even throw mine in my smoothie. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash U-Turn. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Y-O-U-T-U-R-N to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And they're giving one year of vitamin D that is so insane with your first order. I'm so excited for you to check it out. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Okay, amazing. And I know that we can't talk about intimacy and love and authenticity without talking about red flags, non-negotiables. 
Um, what are some of your, I know you have acronyms for non-negotiables and red flags. What are some of them? Okay. So my, let's go with green first. Let's go with the green yeah. flag. Love let's a green flag. Be positive. Okay. Let's be yeah. really positive. Okay. So I came up with an acronym for green flags to be certain that, and this is just an example, but to be certain that you, that this is a go. Okay. So it's C-E-R-T. So it's C is for comfort. You feel comfortable with them. Mm-hmm. E is for, there's empathy. There's like mutual em- empathy. Mm-hmm. R is for respect. And T is for trust. So cert. Mm-hmm. Then we'll go on to the red flags. We'll go with all negative, but it's important to look out for these things. My acronym is AVOID. Ah. You want to avoid these things. So A is for arrogant. You don't want someone who's all about themselves. V, just like my other ATVs, I'm very, I'm very, um, I'm just very sometimes go with the flow. So I like to have different options for people. So the V, once again, it could be volatile. It could be vain. Just any of those things. You don't want it. So it's AV. Uh-huh. O is for out of control. If maybe this person, I don't know, just they're not very centered. They might have a personality where you feel like you can't have a mature conversation with them. They're just all over the place. So out of control. A-V-O-I is ignores you. Ghosting. If anything ever happens like that, that's a no. That's not attractive. An what immature about- Okay. I have questions. Well, actually you can finish and then I'm going to go straight into each of these. D is for dishonest. Okay. Go. Okay. You're like, okay, moving on to the question. D is for dishonest. Good one. Um, okay. I know we live in a world where, you know, it's apps and text messages and tweets and all the stuff. And sometimes people can take a long time to get back to people, you know, like I've dated guys in New York and finance and it's like, I don't hear back for 24 hours. And I'm like, this is the most glacial pace of a text message exchange of my life. What's the point of dating this person? Because then if you send a time, like I'm available on Friday and then they write you back Thursday. Oh, can't do tomorrow. How about Monday? It's like, Jesus, how are we going to make a plan? So my point is like, there's a fine line between feeling ignored and actually feeling ghosted. Um, What's your feedback on like these modern day communications and exchanges? Like, you know, especially maybe for a first date or a second date, like, do you give people grace? Like, do you have kind of a a two cents on like... You know, if somebody's taking this long to get back to, it's probably just not a fit. So once again, use your intuition. Yeah. I just thought about my husband who was the slowest and still is just a very slow man. Like he's just a slow man. I'll ask him to do something and he'll do it two weeks later. It's just part of his personality. But he also was working so much, like you're saying. So I might not have heard from him, maybe not 24 hours, but maybe a little bit, like a little bit less. But I... In a situation where intuitively, you know, let's say you got, you know, the guy is, is a good man mm-hmm. and you know, he's into you intuitively. You just, um, it's not, it doesn't mean that, that he's a bad person or that he's not interested. Now, if it's three days, that's different because you always have time for somebody that you are interested in. Yeah. 24 hours with a hardworking man, that's actually attractive. Like, I mean, you want a man who's who's working hard. Well, I mean, it's like text when you're pooping. I don't know. Like, it's just so ridiculous. There always is time. There will always be time. Um, And it's like also give him a chance. Yeah. If this is 
how he keeps on if it's always that long, even after a few dates when he like really gets to know you and yeah, right. There are breaks. He can, there are coffee breaks. There's, there is time. So it is a fine line. Use your intuition to determine is this guy just not texting me because he's hanging out with other girls or is he just really focused and being present? Okay. So I love that you talked about like, um, like dishonest is pretty straightforward. Like they lied to you in some way. Got it. Um, but what about like being arrogant or versus confident? And I know you could say <sighs> your intuition. Is there some sort of indicator like this person's yeah. arrogant? Yes. If you're dating this guy and and you feel like all he does is talk about himself and he doesn't ask you any questions, that's not attractive. And I even with getting back to texting, I have so many female clients and they say whether it's on the apps before they even get to the text or this is usually the apps because I'll say, okay, we're done with him. If, if you ask the guy a question and he just answers the question and doesn't ask you a question back, it's all about him. And what's attractive is when we feel as humans, when we feel that someone has an interest in us, that's attractive. So if you're the one that's doing all the work, that means that the guy is arrogant, cocky versus confident. Confident is he would have a humbleness to him, but mm. just this energy of, of confidence with it, which is very attractive. Yeah. Got it. Okay. And one question I want to ask is about phantom exes. Like people hold on to people from the past. Maybe they resurface. Um, and maybe it wasn't any of the red flags you mentioned. Like it just didn't work out. Like they weren't arrogant or volatile or out of control or ignoring them or dishonest. Maybe it was just like we, you know, had different interests and it was just not compatible um, or the right time. at that or the right time. That's so my question is, what is your take on people who resurface? Um, I, I just was out at dinner with some girlfriends in New York City and they were talking about this. Like all of them had like little zombie exes pop through their phone. And we were discussing like, at what point do you decide it's worth a victory lap or you're just like, fool me once, fool me twice. What am I doing? Um, what's your take on that? I think it's a case by case. I think it depends on why there was the breakup or why there was the, you know, if it was just casually dating, why did, why did you guys stop? If it was a timing thing and the guy is a, a great guy, um, then go for it. If your intuition says he's he probably was dating a million other girls and probably still is. That's not the guy for you. But there are, I've seen tons of relationships that started and then they stopped and then they they did end up together and they're meant to be and they are so happy because timing really is important. So here's your intuition. If you feel like this is a worthy man of your time, worthy of your time, man, then give it another go because Yeah. Timing. I mean, divine timing is really everything. Okay. So for the people who feel like they have one that got away or the timing wasn't right, and they kind of hold on to them energetically, um, how do you recommend that they move forward and detach? Because, you know, like our fairy tale is not guaranteed in that way that we think it needs to happen always. So like, how do you kind of communicate with your clients who want to let go of that feeling or thing, but, and also hold possibilities for the future. 
So I have a whole section in my book about this because for me, it was such a life-changing experience that I had actually during spiritual psychology school, because I was holding on to this love that I felt for this guy from the past. And all of a sudden I was working, I was doing this work, the spiritual psychology work. And this guy, Simon from, from the UK, obviously. <laughs> I feel like oh God, I had a Simon from the UK. That's so funny. I hope it's not the same. It's the same Simon. I mean, I wasn't into him, but like maybe you were. I don't know. Was he? No, like- no, no. That's not the point. He okay. was just helpful. No, no, no. Um, I wonder if it's the same. <laughs> I know. Um, so Simon, he's. I said, you know, I've been trying for years. I've been trying for years just to, just to um, cut the cord. Mm-hmm. And he said, "What if you don't have to cut the cord?" And it was a wake-up call for me. And so ever since that moment, what I teach my clients, and this is why, you don't have to cut the cord. You actually shouldn't cut the cord because that cord is what reminds you of the love that you felt. So you want to be able to acknowledge that love when it comes again. Mm -hmm. If you shut yourself off from that love which is not really possible anyway. Yeah. <laughs> then, um, because love is, is very, very spirit. I don't know. It's, it's spiritual. It's, it's this amazing experience that your heart can feel. So if you, I, so my recommendation is, this is what I say to my clients. Don't, you don't have to cut the cord. Utilize and be grateful that your heart got to that point that expanded enough you were able to feel that. So utilize it going forward. Say, thank you for that experience. I'm so grateful for that experience because now I have this heart bar. I call it a heart bar. Mm -hmm. And nothing less than that is going to do for me. It's either this or something better, the highest good of all concern, right? Right. And it's funny, we go into scarcity when we meet a new standard because we think like that standard was so high. How can we duplicate it? Especially if you've only experienced it once but using it as a bar. What do you mean when you say cut the cord? Like, for example, wouldn't it be painful for someone if they're in love with someone and the timing is off to like stay friends and chat and like be normal? Like, what do you mean by not cutting the cord? Hey, U-Turners. I want to take this moment to say that this episode is sponsored in part by SaneBox, an email tool that I have been using every single day to be more productive and less scattered. With the average person working and getting 100 to 200 emails a day, I don't know about you, but I've been fighting the fight with email for a few years now, and after continuously losing, I decided that I needed help. I did my research, and I was so excited to find SaneBox as an affordable tool for my Gmail, and it works with any other email provider, really that can sort your emails for you before you open up your laptop and get lost in the sauce. All you'll see once you download it is on your sidebar where there's words like inbox or trash. There will be a couple other new folders that I'm totally obsessed with. One is called Sane Later, which is pretty much code for all the emails coming in that you don't need to see. And the other one, my favorite one, is called the Sane Black Hole, which is where you can drag and drop emails that you just don't want to be subscribed to anymore. The Sane Later box automatically uses artificial intelligence 
to know that you don't want that email and it puts it right there in that folder. Every few days, I check my same later folder, skim through it, and I'm just so happy to be saving so much time. I used to spend every single morning overwhelmed by my inbox and now I have so much more time on my hands thanks to SaneBox. So for the first couple of weeks, I monitored my SaneBox once a day and dragged and dropped messages from senders that I would have wanted in my regular inbox. And now I find that it perfectly knows who should and shouldn't be waking their way in my inbox. So head on over to www.sanebox.com slash U-turn. That's S-A-N-E-B-O-X dot com slash Y-O-U-T-U-R-N to access 14 days of SaneBox for free and a $25 credit to get a serious discount on the super affordable year membership now. It's time we all get out of our inbox and back into our life. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Oh, no, I don't mean staying in each other's lives necessarily. Mm -hmm. If you know that you're not going to be together in the future, it's probably not helpful. You know, that would be very difficult to, to really move on. I'm saying energetically, Keep that love in your heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can't control our feelings anyway. We really can't. Control is no. an illusion, as you know. So you can't tell yourself not to feel something. So keep that with you. It is a gift. It's a gift from the universe when we experience true love. And I hate the word true love. It sounds so cheesy, but authentic love, deep, soul-connected love. It's yeah. a gift from the universe. So we don't want to cut that off. We want to keep that with us. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Okay. So I've asked you about red flags, green flags, victim, thrive. I have to ask you about manifestation because obviously your book manifesting, um, what are some steps for everybody listening to this conversation? And I've heard a thousand times, like write a list of the qualities and then I write them and then they change. And then I'm like, are these the right qualities? You know, like, gosh, like I'm so good at my own self growth, but not in this category necessarily. I'm still a a work in progress. So I feel like, what is your approach to manifestation that everybody can consider? So there's so much. Obviously, my book is, you know, it's a whole book on it, but I will, I'll briefly go through some very important aspects. And it really has to start with that self love, which we've already talked about, which is good that we've already addressed that. It really has to start with that unconditional self-love because our outside experiences are a reflection of our inner reality. So that means that we really need to be showing up as our authentic selves so that the right match comes in and is aligned with actually who we are. That's how you bring in the right person. Like you're saying, you need to get clear on who you are and clear on what you're looking for. And during that phase, you want to make sure that you're being, you're saying positive things like what you're not, what you're not looking for. Like a lot of girls, let's say if they had a guy who cheated on them in the past, um, some of my clients, they'll put on their bios and their, or their apps. I need a guy who's honest and it screams I've been cheated on. So that, that person might say, I don't want a man who's going to be dishonest, but you have to be, do it all in positive visualizing. I'm looking for a man who who I can trust. Now, as you know, there's something called ideal scenes from USM. Yeah, I love it. Which I get into. Um, I'm offering a free gift, by the way, seven days of manifesting love emails. Yay. I'll give you the, the link. This is one of the exercises. We'll put it in the show notes too. Wonderful. It's affirmations and exercises for seven days. 
Um, and one of them is this ideal scene where you're living as if it's happening. I am so grateful that I've met a man who sees me and loves me for who I am. So that's another aspect of manifesting love, living as if it's already happening because the brain doesn't know the difference between the past and the future. Past is depression, future is anxiety. You want to be present. You, um, you need to believe that it's going to happen. If you don't believe it's going to happen, it's not going to happen. So believe and trust it's going to happen. And then also I'll just, and then, well, trusting yourself, your intuition is a huge aspect, which we've already talked about. And then at the end of the day, surrendering, because as I said before, control is an illusion. We think we know what's best for us, but actually the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, knows what's best for us. So there's only so much we can do and we do as much as we can do. But at the end of the day, surrender and say, I'm going to let go of the reins. I'm Jewish, but Jesus, take the wheel. You know, I, lo- I love the song. Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah. It is so, it, it's so poignant and so meaningful. It's saying, I'm going to do everything I can, but please, God, spirit, universe, take it from here. Take it from here. And in my book, I talk about my surrender story. I was dating all these guys that were like low vibrational, little like situationship things. And I was driving, long story short, I was driving, driving my grandparents for brunch one day after having this like last night with, I called him Josh in the book, <laughs> where I was like, okay, that's the last time I'm going to do that booty call type of thing. Okay. And from that moment, I said, that's it. I give it up to you. I'm done living any type of low vibrational way. I need the right man to come in. And my husband came in about four months later, but I had arrived at my grandparents' house and I said, I'm free. And my grams was like, honey, what are you free from? And I said, I'm just free. I'm free from the way I've been living. And so anyhow, it's this whole story, but surrendering works. And you have to read my book to read the rest of this. My grandma was like my therapist at that time. Mm, love that so much. Okay. What have I not asked you about how to manifest or um, anything we could leave people just based on your experience writing your book and where can they find your book to read more? Okay. So I'm going to leave you with the last nugget in a second, but in general, my website, well, I think all these things will be there, but it's the relationship expert.com. Very easy. Um, my Instagram is at the relationship expert, no E at the beginning of expert, just the X. And my, so my book, which will be technically published on February 7th, it's distributed by Simon and Schuster called Manifesting, as you said, um, it will be on Amazon. Like by the time you share this, you will have the link to pre-order my book and it'll be on Amazon and all different book places where you buy books and Yay. the free gift. You'll, you'll have that free gift as well. Yay. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It was so much fun asking you all these questions and I can't wait to hear from everyone who listens. Thank you so much also. And that nugget, most important thing, always trust yourself. Mm. Always trust yourself. It's the greatest gift you can give to yourself and everything that is supposed to happen in your life will happen. Everybody will find love if you want to find love. Amen. Mm. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the U-Turn podcast. And thank you again so much for our sponsors. We are here because of you and to our listeners. 
Thank you for checking out our sponsors. We always pick people and brands that we trust and we believe in. And just for listening to the show, writing your reviews on the Apple app, and just being willing to make your own U-turns. We'll see you next week.